You're listening to Two Therapists in Therapy, a podcast about self-acceptance, self-love, self-growth, and connection. I'm your host, Sarah Brill, a licensed clinical social worker, licensed marriage and family therapist, and EMDR trauma therapist, and an Enneagram 4. And I'm your other host, Becca Moravec, licensed professional counselor, licensed marriage and family therapist, and certified intuitive eating counselor, and an Enneagram 2. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Becca. Greetings. Yes. How are you feeling? Oh, I'm feeling um, in awe <laughs> of us that we finally figured out how to make this happen. Yeah. How did we finally figure out how to make this happen? Well, it's about 9.30 p.m. and both of our babies are sleeping and... Um, yeah, we're we're recording finally. Yeah, that is what we do with being two moms with two babies with two different schedules. Yes. Yeah. And and two working moms that are seeing clients all day and taking care of babies every moment that we're not working and it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot to manage. So much. Yeah, but I'm excited that we made time to um, get back to this project that I know we both love so much. Me too. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how are you feeling? I am feeling really, yeah, in awe that we're so badass. (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, but I think that is, I'm just feeling like this is part of the process of recalibrating life. That's true. What was the word you said you you figured out there was like a term for oh matrescence yeah what does that mean um it's like ad- like a like a developmental stage like adolescence but it's like the actually years um uh postpartum where you are kind of reintegrating yourself again i would need to look up the major definition but it's like a thing because our our hormones like are realigning and it takes years um to figure out who you are again. Yeah. 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 So we've been in the beginning phases of that, both of us at different, different places with it, but figuring out what our life looks like with, with so much responsibility and trying to make space still for the things that, um, that we don't want to give up. Yeah. And it just makes so much sense. Like thinking about a developmental like stage from a human development perspective of, um, it makes sense to also give mom's language because I feel like that's such a common feeling of feeling like discombobulated or um, like, whoa, who am I? What do I do now? How do I reorganize? And then there's like maybe pressure to like have figured it out. And I like giving a label like matrescence to be like, no, this is an actual developmental stage that we can't rush through. Like we're not going to figure it out tomorrow. Name it to tame it. Yeah. Sometimes having a a word for things just really helps to create a deeper level of understanding. Yeah. Compassion, normalization. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you feel like you are in your matrescence, even though that's not what we're talking about tonight, but just, just since we brought it up. Um, hmm. 
I mean, I don't know. I think I'll know when I look back. Um, I think that I am slowly reintegrating my personal and professional self. Um, and some days I feel like I have a hold of it. And other days I literally feel like I am in a tornado of to-dos. Mm. And so this week, because I felt like that, I've worked on instead of trying to like figure it out and have it all together. Um, I Yesterday, I had a two and a half hour break in between clients and that would be a good opportunity to get some stuff done. Um, well, my daughter took a nap and instead I let her contact nap on me. Hmm. Um, and I just like tried really hard. Like I could have gotten so much stuff done and just tried to remember that like her sleeping on me for an hour and a half, which is like a huge nap for her, um, was more important than my to-do list. Mm. So that's, I'm trying to ground myself there. That's why I I'm love at. that. Yeah. Oh, I miss those contact naps. <laughs> I was I just know. thinking in my head, we're going on a trip in November and it has a long plane ride. And literally as you were just speaking, I was like fantasizing, like maybe he'll take a nap on me <laughs> then maybe he'll nap on me on the plane oh yeah it's those are the best where are you at matrescence um i am well zai just turned one um about a week and a half ago or a week ago and um he is totally entering the toddler phase of throwing big tantrums and um, also his little personality is starting to come through and he's just starting to become a little person, which is so amazing. But it's also, there's a lot of grief around him not being a tiny baby anymore. And so, um, I think I'm in this phase of like chasing after him and, um, just wanting to be a comforting and grounding force for, for him, but also getting used to how to manage tantrums and know what to do in the middle of one when I feel like my whole body gets escalated and I feel panicked. Um, it's just a brand new experience for me as a mom. So the, the tantruming is like, um, a whole new world for me. And then I think, um, I'm in the rhythm of work, like as far as what it means to be working and a mom, but I am, I find myself yearning to have, um, more of my creativity be a part of my life again. Um, and trying to create, figure out how to create space for that, which is what we're doing right now, which feels really good. Um, but yeah, that's been a huge part of my identity for my whole life. And I think creating a, a baby in your womb is a creative thing. Um, and then just having a baby is so all consuming. There hasn't really been a lot of room for that for me in the past year. So, um, yeah, I can just feel that yearning and I'm not really sure where, or how there's going to be space for it, but, um, yeah. So those are the things that are coming up for me right now in matrescence. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for you to get back to creativity. I was thinking about that today. I mean, I think you're always engaged in it, but I was like, I'm ready to like experience 
like a writing workshop or something again. I don't know if that you'll ever go in that direction again, but yeah, I think it'd be cool to do one for moms. I think that would be yeah. a cool thing. Yeah. So maybe that'll be a thing. Who knows? We'll see, but thank you. Mm-hmm. Thanks for saying that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what are we talking about tonight? Um, I just wanted to sing a line from Hamilton. You should. <laughs> forgiveness that's that's not even the tune so hamilton lovers are gonna be like what are you talking about tell me about the song in hamilton about forgiveness there's a song called forgiveness in hamilton and i love this side of you by the way i really love it like i am like we should play it Um, i do not have the skill where i can like recall things the way you can it's so cool i like think now that I'm like going back and if you're a Hamilton lover and you're like, you got this wrong, don't hate me. But Hamilton um, does lots of stupid, stupid things, um, including having an affair. And then him and his wife later on lose their son. Mm. And it's like, uh, I know, <laughs> like makes me, oh. oh, the scene makes me just like cry um because i yeah sorry (laughs) (laughs) not not a good thing to talk about the two moms um and as they're like working through their grief together there's a song called forgiveness Mm. i think that is when it takes place do you remember like what the lyrics talk about or is that like am i like forgive it's like forgiveness forgiveness okay i'm gonna actually look it up okay yeah look look it it up um uh, forgiveness, Hamilton. Okay. I love oh. watching you look things up on your computer. It's called It's Quiet Uptown. Okay, I'm just going to read you some of the lyrics. Okay. There are moments that the words don't reach. There is suffering that's too terrible to name. You hold your child as tight as you can and push away the unimaginable. The moments when you're in so deep, it feels easier to just swim down. The Hamiltons move uptown and learn to live with it and imaginable. And then it goes on and on and on. But then the chorus says, like, forgiveness. Can you imagine forgiveness? Can you imagine? And it says, if you see him in the street, walking by her side, taking by her, talking by her side, have pity. They are going through the unimaginable. Mm. What does that, what do those lyrics make you think about? I mean, they have this like huge betrayal, but then something terrible happened to both of them and then they decided to walk through their grief together wow yeah because like forgiveness i think really does require a sinking down into feelings and like i i don't think you can get there without um having the willingness to feel um a perspective that's different from yours, like not just to see it or analyze it, but like feel where somebody else might be coming from or have been coming from. Yeah. And I think it's interesting too, if we're talking about Hamilton still, um, that they like the betrayal happened between the two of them. But then when they're both feeling pain, forgiveness is the way that they can like walk through life together. Yeah. Um, So it's interesting that like tragedy can make us, realize the importance of like forgiving the people that we love to bring uh-huh. them back in our lives. Wow. Or something like that. Yes. Yeah. So that's so that's true. It's yeah. a catalyst. Yeah. Um, so forgive my singing. 
and forgive my tangent on Hamilton. No, I think that I don't, that didn't feel like a tangent to me. That felt like that felt really interesting. So that's our topic tonight is forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What what have been some of your experiences with forgiveness? Or well, first, what are your thoughts on forgiveness? I think forgiveness is so interesting um, because. I don't know that we have like this clear agreed upon definition, like in different like fields, like in the field of therapy, I don't think there's like books on it. There's like five steps to forgiveness and there's, you know, um, you know, people always say forgiveness is for you, not the other person, but you're kind of like, well, what does that mean? And I don't know. It, it feels like more of an experience than something you can define. Um, one of my favorite things is that forgiveness does not mean reconciliation. That feels really important because I think that um, America. But sometimes it does. Sometimes it does. Yeah. And, but having the choice, like having the choice. Um, but I think forgiveness without reconciliation is what we talk about when we say forgiveness is for you, not for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think forgiveness is really interesting. And, you know, you and you and I are different in this in that I come from like a Christian background, raised Christian, and forgiveness is like such a theme. I was gonna say, I feel like um I'm not I'm not a religious person, but but the word feels like it has religious like it's like there's religion packed into it. Yeah. But say more how it's a theme. I I mean I think that it's just like a big value. Um, um, <laughs> like Jesus says, and I'm going to get this wrong too. So if you're a, a Bible person, don't get at me either. Um, but And like, also you're not touting religion. I think no, it's important to. I don't identify as a Christian, um, but re- being raised, um, it said um, like if Jesus forgives or you're supposed to forgive 70 times, seven times. Like you're just supposed to forgive Wait, you're and forgive. 70 to what you're supposed to forgive 70 times, 70 times. Yeah. Like meaning like how many times do you forgive? You forgive a lot. Oh, okay. Got it. That's Got like it. something Jesus said. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, and, uh, so I think that, um, it can like from that perspective, um, there can be some spiritual bypassing. Like we're just supposed to forgive people and move on, um, which feels hard. Like and a recipe for a lot of repressed resentment and anger. Yes, exactly. It feels like the opposite of the work we do in therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so I think that's interesting too. Like the forgive and forget mm. type. Like, and I think it's important to talk about Christian influence of forgiveness in the United States because it, I think it exists in our rhetoric. Say more. Um, turn the other cheek. The idea, like when people are like, forgive someone just because they're your family. Um, Maybe even forgive or forget the history of this country. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but like there's things, I don't know. So th- those are my those are my initial thoughts on forgiveness. What are your th- initial thoughts those on forgiveness? Those are very interesting thoughts. Um, yeah. What are my initial thoughts on forgiveness? Um, 
I think for me as a four on the Enneagram, uh, I'm a deep feeler and it's often actually pretty easy for me to put myself in other people's shoes. Um, and so like when I have made mistakes in the past, I'm often frustrated with like, well, just forgive me because like I forgive you. Um, I think there's been like a confusion about why it's not easier for people in certain situations in my own life. Um, because I have found it in, in many cases, easy to forgive people and easy to see where other people might be coming from. And in other cases, um, I haven't found it easy at all. Like I think the, the deeper, the pain, it's harder, it's harder to see where somebody might be coming from. And also that's at the same time, that's actually not true for me. (laughs) I think I'm actually pretty, it's pretty easy for me to forgive actually. And I do think it has to do with my, um, Enneagram. I think it has to do with like being a deep feeler and being able to put myself in other people's positions. Um, like there's not a lot, if someone is like makes a genuine apology to me, there's not a lot that I won't like accept, which is, which is interesting. So, um, yeah, I don't know, but I think it, it is really hard for people to forgive. Like, for many people. And it's also, I've noticed really hard for people to apologize. Yes. Um, which I also find really interesting because for me, that's not, it's not hard for me to apologize. Um, I'm not trying to make this all about me. I'm just <laughs> telling you, these are my thoughts. Um, so I, I think I find it interesting that forgiveness is difficult for people, that apologizing is hard for people, that accepting apologies are hard for people. Um, and I feel curious about that. Um, and I also, f- I do have found that when I um, forgive someone that I do feel more at peace inside of myself. Um, there's a quote that actually a client shared with me a long time ago that said, forgiveness is no longer wishing the past were different. And um for me, when I think about that, it's, it sort of encourages me to look at like, what's the meaning and what happened or what's the lesson and what happened and how did whatever happened, happened, help me grow or help me in my life in some way. So, um, yeah, those are my initial thoughts. Not sure if they all made sense or not, but I'm curious what you're thinking. Yeah. I'm just, as I was thinking that not wishing the past to be different, that really speaks to me in, um, like permission to not reconcile with someone who has like, um, like, like forgiveness with changed behavior versus forgiveness with unchanged behavior, mm-hmm. um, yes. or accepting someone for who they are. And, but like setting a boundary of like yeah. the place they take in your life. Like um, give an example. So it's th- talking through the Enneagram as someone who leads with a two, I would have said that I would forgive, but like suppress. And then I'm just like, uh, walked all over again. Yeah. Like, so like people have said sorry to me, then like hurt me the same way over yes. and over and over Yeah, <laughs> again. Um, and I've only recently learned to 
um, have boundaries without reconciliation. So there's someone in my life um, who really hurt me um, and I like told them they hurt me and then they, they gave me a really genuine apology and I was surprised. Um, and I think it was because I, how I articulated what was wrong with the interaction and like having the freedom to say, I do forgive them. Like I believe them. I believe they're sorry and I don't believe they're capable of changing behavior because they're going to do it again. That's been the pattern. Mm. Um, and I'm not willing to try again. Mm. Um, I feel at peace. Like, I feel Mm. like I forgive you. I wish you well. I hope you're good. And I'm not going to put myself in harm's Mm -hmm, way again. mm -hmm. So there's a boundary. You don't get, you don't have access to me anymore. Um, but it doesn't feel negative. It doesn't feel like you don't have access to me anymore. It feels like this just isn't a fit. Yeah. It's not a fit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That makes total sense. Why do you think it's, uh, did you have more to say on that? No. <laughs> Why do you think it's so hard for people to say I'm sorry? Uh, shame. I think that it's really hard to sit with the shame. Um, I think we do anything to avoid feeling shame. Mm. And forgiveness, uh, seeking forgiveness means I have to look at something I did that could hurt you. And I don't want to like believe I could have done that. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think. I mean, yeah. I, I don't think that's the only thing, but that's mm-hmm. the first thing that came to my mind. I think it's like, um, yeah, like sitting in your, we don't, we're not in a culture that is like, that values flaws. Mm-hmm. So to be like, I really screwed up mm-hmm. means that I'm not perfect. And then like for my Enneagram means like I'm not good and lovable then. Mm. Like if I'm, if I'm capable of messing up. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I think we could look at all the motivations of the personality structures and it would be something about that. Yeah. Connected to their defense mechanism. Uh-huh. Totally. Why do you think? I think you're right. I think it does have to do with shame um, or wanting to stay in control, wanting to feel a sense of control or like power. Um, and for me, I guess saying I'm sorry feels easy because I want to be like my priority is to be in connection with people. And so like I will do anything to like preserve that. Like I will, I want to make sure that we're okay. And so if it means like admitting that I made a mistake, it's like, I'm totally fine with that in order for our relationship to be okay. And not to say that I'll be like, that I'll just say sorry to like, make things okay. Like it has to be a genuine apology where I feel like I actually can take responsibility for something real. Um, but I don't know, that probably has to do with my, my personality type too. Like if that wasn't a priority to me, then, then it might be harder for me. Yeah. I, you know, I work with couples and I often will tell them, when we're at like a stalemate and they're not seeking and granting forgiveness. And I love the language of seeking and granting forgiveness. Cause I think we also need to seek forgiveness. Say um, more what you mean by that. Like in a relationship, like you have to be looking at yourself, not like constantly, like every day, but like, Hey, like I noticed I didn't like that interaction. I'm really sorry. Is that something that like we can move forward from? Right. Like, and giving that person an opportunity to say yes or no, I'm not ready yet. Um, 
Like it's like an exchange. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, totally. But I often give them the metaphor of I feel like you both have your heels dug into the ground, like you're digging in your heels, and I'm I really want you to put your feet flat on the ground. Mm. Right, and that gives us the space to seek and grant forgiveness. Mm. But people dig in their heels um, for to protect themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. It just makes me think how often when we when we're trying to protect ourselves, how we do the exact opposite. Uh huh. Um, I had another. Oh. So it makes me curious, like what are, do you, have you had any powerful experiences with forgiveness? Yeah. <laughs> um, Care to share? Yeah. I mean, I just feel like in my marriage, there's been a lot of forgiveness. Um, I was talking to Sarah today. I was talking to you today. You're right next to me. Um, but I'm people chad and i have been together for 17 years and people will often say oh that's so impressive and while i don't totally disagree i don't think the number itself is impressive like i think a lot of people stay in relationships for a long time that aren't fruitful and aren't impressive and there was a time where ours was not um we were together because we've been together what is impressive is the work we've done. And that has included forgiveness Mm. um, for how we've shown up for um, betrayals, for um, moments of disconnection, um, for, for not being authentic. Um, And so seeking and granting forgiveness, I think is a huge part of our relationship. And what is powerful about it for me is like the ability to, or like, the kind of contract we have to like fully see each other. So like I'm dedicated, like I I know I will always forgive him because I'm always willing to see and be with who he is and him with me. Right. So beautiful. So like if I do something, I like did something today actually that he didn't like, (laughs) um, something really mundane, but, um, do you want to (laughs) share? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't like it and he like asked me about it. And um instead of being defensive and being like you're I I like said, "Hey, can we can we can we take some space to talk about this later?" Right? Um because I was in the middle of some other stuff. Um and then when I um got home, I get to say like, "Hey, this like impacted you negatively and that's like why you brought it up with me and like can we talk about it and space first for him to share what he didn't like about it before I get defensive and like dig my heels again and stand my ground um and then I can talk about the impact I had over my intention and then trust that there's space for him to hear why I did what I did Mm -hmm. But without it being like defensive and an excuse, mm-hmm. like so, so trusting that he will, he wants to fully see me and understand mm-hmm. me, and I want to fully understand his experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so beautiful. That feels like forgiveness within our marriage. Yes. Yeah, I love all of that. Thank, Thank you, you for sharing all of that. Yeah, I love how you described it all. Thanks, Sarah. And I do think that is so much a part of it is like having the willingness. Like whether it's your partner or whether it's someone who doesn't know that you've forgiven them because you're you'll never talk to them again. Um, 
I do think that's a huge part of it is having the willingness to see all of them. Yeah. And to not like jump to defending your side, even if you want to defend your Mm -hmm. side. Like I'm thinking of when I recently heard a friend and there was like reason I acted the way I did, Mm -hmm. but she came to me and said, you hurt me. And I could have been like, well, I act this way Mm -hmm. because of you. And instead I attuned to her hurt and like took responsibility. And, and then I could explain because I trust that she wanted to know me to say like, Hey, like how, what I did was not okay. And here was my state of mind. I want you to know where I was at. Mm -hmm. And she wanted to know totally like how we got there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What, what about you? What are, have you had any powerful experiences with forgiveness? Yeah. I recently had one with my family. Um, and I don't think any of them listen to this podcast, but if they do, hi, hi, Hey. Um, but yeah, we had a we had a big 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 falling out around the election. I've I've talked about this um many times kind of like not in detail on here, but I've mentioned it and um you know, we have really different life experiences. We are from different generations. We have relationships that look different. We have really different experiences with privilege um, and our exposure to privilege and as a concept. And, um, you know, when the election happened in 2016, I asked my certain members of my family to open their eyes to things that felt really important to me and they felt really attacked and kind of not seen and um, scared by what I was asking them to look at. And it just caused a massive division in our family. And, um, and so anyway, we've never, we haven't honestly really ever repaired, like in terms of having a really in-depth conversation about what happened. Um, And there has been a lot of me trying to put myself in their shoes and to try to think about like what things must have felt like, um, where they must have been coming from, how, um, what their perspective might've been. And, um, and I think they've maybe done the same, um, because recently we've reconnected and again, we haven't talked about what happened and, you know, being a therapist, I'm always like, don't shove things under the rug, hash it out. But sometimes um, it, it's interesting. This has been a really profound experience of forgiveness, I think, on both sides. And it has felt really like wonderful to reconnect. Um, and it has also felt like if we were to, to dredge everything up that happened, it would probably be pretty traumatizing for everybody. And I don't know that it would I don't know that it would be healing. Um, I think if it were with a therapist who could really guide us through it, maybe. Um, but yeah, it's just been a really like profound experience of forgiveness. But I, I will never know what happened on their side to get to where we are. And I, I know what happened on my side. Um, but it's certainly been... Like there's been a big shift in terms of our willingness to spend time together and the openness and the love that's, that's now flowing. Um, so yeah, that's been my most recent experience with forgiveness. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that we were, I think we were talking about, um, and I wonder, I don't, yeah. I don't know this, but like you just said there was like a lot of work on your side. So like, um, even though it like seems like, um, so, so forgiveness isn't this like shallow thing. It's not like you were just were like, oh, I better do this. Yeah. Or like no. my therapist told me I should because it's good for me. So when we say like it's for your peace, it's not like, okay, I got to do this tomorrow. It's like you did a lot of inner work to arrive at a place where you could like have that. Yeah. I mean, I think losing that, those relationships and the grief associated with that and the sadness around like, the fallout that happened was so haunting and heavy for me for years that it inspired me and motivated me to try and look at the other side of the coin and to really think about like what might not what what might I not be seeing here and what might I be looking at through um like a narrow point of view when I need to expand it a little bit more and that took me a long time to get there because I had a lot of my own anger, a lot of my own hurt um, that felt justified. So, um, yeah, I mean, it took a long time for me to get there, which I'm contradicting myself because at the beginning I said it's easy for me to forgive, but this one was harder. Yeah. This one was harder. situations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and then I've had other experiences with forgiveness where – um, like for instance, you know, I had a fallout with a friend and I don't think we'll reconnect. Um, and I, I forgive her. She said a lot of really, really, really mean and hurtful things. And I, I can imagine where she was coming from and I forgive her. And, um, but we, I don't think we'll have a conversation about that. Um, and that's okay. But I do feel like a lot of forgiveness in my heart around it. Yeah. Because there's a lot of perspective taking. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Thank you for sharing those, Sarah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's an interesting topic. Yeah. You did. I, it's an, I just like keep having this metaphor of like to do this, like you're not dealing, digging your heels in. You're like putting them flat and like listening and thinking and taking in perspective. Yeah. I mean, I do think it also requires giving people the benefit of the doubt. Like, yeah that most of us don't want to be hurting others. Yeah. And that we're usually coming from some place that seem that feels justified from our own position. Yeah, absolutely. And and there are <laughs> there are people who like are going to hurt you over and over and aren't like ever going to be willing. Yes. And like um yes. so so what does forgiveness then look like for yourself? Yes. Right. And that's um, what do you what do you mean like, forgiveness first? Like instead of like holding on oh, and like got it, got ruminating, yeah. like that. I think this is like a forgiveness that people often like push. Like, well, you should forgive them because there's a saying like, not forgiving is like drinking poison and, and expecting the person you're Other mad person at person to die to die. Um, but I think forgiveness is like also recognizing limitations, like um, you know 
like you can it doesn't make it okay that they did that and yeah they are limited yes and their limitation is not an excuse yes but it's like an understanding yes if that makes sense yes totally and so then i can kind of breathe go okay then i don't need to like hold on so tightly to drinking the poison and like being so angry at them Mm -hmm. like forgiveness may just look like recognizing that they don't have capacity and grieving that yeah and accepting people for who they are yeah and sometimes that means accepting people for who they are and saying you can no longer be in my life i wish you well and sometimes it's you you can still be in my life and i have to change my expectations of what this relationship looks like yeah and then the third is we can forgiveness and go deeper in relationships Yes, yeah. which is the best one. The best one. That one is so like riveting and exciting and um connecting. Yeah. That really I really do feel like when you can have conflict in a relationship and forgive each other, it just like it's so deepens the relationship. It for sure does. Yeah. Which takes Seeking and granting forgiveness. Yeah. Sometimes over and over and over. Yeah. Like that friend I just talked about who told me they were mad at me. If they had never told me that, our relationship wouldn't have gone deeper. Like Mm -hmm. I was so grateful. Mm -hmm. Even though like it is – it's hard to sit with. Yeah. that, And coming back to like why it's hard to apologize, it's just like hard to be called out. It's like Uh hard when someone tells you you're wrong. Yeah. Because it – well, for me, it speaks to my like shame. Yeah. No, it doesn't feel good. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't feel good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's because I'm a two or a Taurus, um, but like I like really struggle with, or I used, I used to really, I maybe still do. I don't know. I'll have to get serious feedback on this, but really struggle with like feedback about like, if I hurt someone, I like so badly wanted that to not be true that I would like do mental gymnastics to be like, no, I didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Um, and and like convince other people that it didn't, which is mm-hmm. super toxic. Um, and so it also feels freeing and good mm-hmm. to not do that. I do think a lot of that has to do with breathing into things. Like, I don't know, breathing into like, wow, I, I hurt you. Yeah. Instead of like, there's something somatic about it, something that's not cerebral. Yes. Just feeling the hurt and being willing to sit with the hurt. Yeah. Yes. I feel that. Mm-hmm. That's beautifully said. Yeah. I wonder, I, I, I bet people that are more cerebral and more, um, yeah, maybe even people that are more just, yeah, logical and cerebral have a harder time with maybe acknowledging that they've hurt others than maybe people who are a more f- connected to feelings. Maybe I don't know who that might not be true. In in some ways, I think so. Yeah, I, I mean, not across the board yeah. at all. But I'm like thinking about like people who can really get in their heads and do mental gymnastics to like not. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. It would that would be curious to know like what who who like what kind of a person has an easier time with apology and what kind of a person has a harder time with it? Yeah. I'd be so curious to do like a research study on that. Yeah. yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Um. So what's your encouragement? Um. My encouragement is 
to seek and grant forgiveness. And I'm actually going to emphasize the seeking forgiveness. So my encouragement is to tell someone when they hurt you or to like tell someone when they, something didn't feel good. Mm. Um, that's coming from someone who used to suppress that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing that it can take your relationships deeper. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that would be my encouragement is to seek forgiveness. I love that. That's yeah. beautiful. What is your encouragement? My encouragement is if you're someone that has a hard time saying sorry to consider what would it be like if I um, apologized, if I entertained saying sorry for something um, that might belong to me. Yeah. And then I didn't want to take this because it was your words, but I want us to breathe into that scenario. Yeah. Breathe into it. Breathe into the, into the idea that maybe you hurt someone and that that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, do we want to quickly talk about how we're going to do this podcast from here on out? Sure. Um, do we feel like this is going to be, we're going to get back into our rhythm or do we feel like this is going to be, um, a, we're going to do it when we can do it. I think we're going to be in a rhythm. I think we are too. Yep. So we might just be recording at 9 PM. 9 PM. Yeah. Um, well, we love our listeners. Thanks for sticking with us through our season of matrescence and, um, and thank you so much for listening and yeah. And we'd love to hear your thoughts on forgiveness. So chat with us either on our email or on Instagram at two therapists and therapy signing off. Bye. Bye.